TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Well, there is the snare drum, so you know it is time for another edition of the Score North Gophers Show. Welcome in and thanks for finding this podcast wherever it is that you found it, whether it be via Apple or Android. Maybe you're listening at scorenorth.com. We greatly appreciate it. And by we, I mean myself, Ross Brendel, at Brendel Ross on Twitter, as well as James Murphy and Daniel House. They appreciate it as well. They are not here today. This is the midweek edition, but James Murphy and Daniel House, they will break down Illinois and Minnesota sometime this weekend, probably on Sunday. You can look for a pod from Murph underscore MN on Twitter and at Daniel House NFL on Twitter. Again, they will recap Minnesota and Illinois, which comes your way homecoming this Saturday at 2.30 from TCF Bank Stadium. We'll hop right to it in just a few moments with Bob Osmussen. He is the Illini beat writer for the Champaign News Gazette. We're going to get to him in just moments. But first, let's revisit briefly the Gophers coming off a victory to get to 4-0, 1-0 in conference play. They beat Purdue holding on at the end by a final score of 38-31. Rashad Bateman's touchdown ended up being the difference maker. Little double pump. Pressure coming. Karloftis gets rid of it. Bateman over the shoulder catch. Another touchdown for the Golden Gophers. And another big one going for 47. After the extra point, that made it 38-17. to Again, Minnesota holds on to win 38-31. to That highlight courtesy of ESPN2. Tanner Morgan would be named the co-offensive player of the week. You know all about it by now. Set a Big Ten record for completion percentage. Four touchdown passes. It was a good Saturday for him and indeed a good Saturday for the Gophers as they go into West Lafayette and win by a final score of 38-31. to to get to 1-0 in conference play and again 4-0 on the season. Another nail-biter. It was not a nail-biter in 2018 in Champaign, Illinois. I'm going to have a tough time saying that today. The Illini in Champaign, Illinois. They made it look pretty easy last year against the Gophers. Their touchdowns averaged 47 in a half yards in 2018, including this long touchdown run from Reggie Corbin. Watch out right here. Reggie Corbin across the 50. Reggie Corbin. He's been doing this all season long. Touchdown, Illinois. 72 yards. That highlight from 2018 was courtesy of the Big Ten Network. P.J. Fleck met the media yesterday. He had this to say on Reggie Corbin and the Illini. Corbin is a dynamic athlete. He is one of their best football players, but so is Dre right behind him. Right, So is Smalling. So is the transfer wideout from USC. So is their offensive line who have played together for some years now. And their center might be one of the better players I've seen on film at center at any level of any year. He's so active and so athletic. And their quarterback's playing at a high level. So that was P.J. Flack previewing the Illini. Lovey Smith also met the media earlier this week. He talked about trying to control the Gophers' suddenly explosive offense. What will help is a good rush where the quarterback doesn't have time to sit in the pocket, and that's what we need to do. We need to play good up front and try to rush him a little bit, and we have an opportunity every time an, an offensive player has a chance to make a big play. Defensively, if we look at it, we have a chance to take the ball away. That's one of the... The good things we have done defensively around here is take the ball away. We'll need to be able to do that this week. 
Lovey Smith and the Beard. They are in town this Saturday to take on the Gophers for homecoming at 2.30 in what may or may not be a revenge game. Depends on how much you believe in that term. Depends on how much you believe the coach at the University of Minnesota, whether revenge games exist or not. I mentioned Bob Osmussen. He is the Illini beat writer for the Champaign News Gazette. Kind enough to join us and preview this tilt with the Illini. Bob, thanks for making time. And I promise by the end of this interview, I will be able to say Illini without tripping all over myself. Not sure why. You're doing fine. You're doing great. (laughs) I'm not sure why that's suddenly an issue today. I mean, they've only been in the Big Ten my entire life. I'm 33 years old now. I should know how to say it by now. But again, thank you for your time, Bob. I want people to know, again, the beat writer for the Champaign News Gazette, you are at Bob Osmussen on Twitter, B-O-B-A-S-M-U-S-S-E-N. Revenge game? Is this a revenge game for the Gophers? How is how is Lovey Smith and the Illini viewing this game, Bob? Oh, they assume that Minnesota would, will be fired up. They figure... If I'm P.J. Fleck, I'm talking about a lot. I'm telling my guys, you were embarrassing last year. Yeah, I think they think that's going to happen. And, again, for Illinois, that's the best game Lovey Smith has had here. His three-plus years, by far, that's the best they played. So I think they had like a repeat of that game up in Minnesota for sure. Bob, what is the temperature on Lovey Smith? I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, did he not get a contract extension before going into the season? But is there is there a lot of weight behind that contract extension? Is is there pressure on him this year? There's pressure, but he did get the contract extension. He's got two more years, so he's basically got four more years. Uh, but the money that they back on the uh, buyout is goes down each year uh, by a big number. So this year, let's say they made a change up this season. It cost them $4 million beyond what they had to pay for this year. So it would, be, it would be significant, but I think if people feel like it has to happen, it'll, it'll happen. I don't think they're going that way, though. I think AD has his back. He, he hired him. He wants to have him succeed. I think they think the team's playing better, which I think they are. But the question is, does that produce more wins? And that's kind of where what people want to see. They want to see more wins. They want to see better performance by the defense. They got crushed by in Boston in the second half two weeks ago. And I think people are, are tired of that happening. Bob, I don't know how much time we need to spend reviewing the 2018 game because in the grand scheme of 2019, it doesn't matter a ton, but I had made the trip last year with a couple of friends. I mentioned to you off air. I've made the trip to Champaign twice. I think it's one of the underrated stops in the Big Ten. Great stadium, fun town. I told you it reminds me of a of a big, small town. But for the Gophers, it wasn't a ton of fun last year. Reggie Corbin, I believe his first two carries of the game went 73 and 75 yards, something like that, respectively, for touchdown runs. And they had a tough time controlling him all game. And I think now that I think about it, I think Reggie Corbin, I think his other long touchdown run was later in the game. Uh, but still, a huge game for him and... Last year to me, and again, we won't spend a ton of time on it, really the darndest thing. I'd never seen anything like that. There were plays where Illinois went entirely untouched, and I'm not even sure if that was scheme, if it was just bad play by the Gophers. I think a lot of that was fleshed out in the coming days afterwards with the firing of Rob Smith. But had you ever seen anything like that? Illinois was dangerously close to setting the all-time record for yards per play. 
I mean, they were right. they were essentially maybe a kneel down or two away from setting the record. It was a historic day for the Illini, and it technically historic for Minnesota, but for all the wrong reasons. Right. When they fire the coach afterward, the defense coordinator, a pretty good sign that was not working for Minnesota. And clearly, the team was better when they got him, when they made their change. So I think, yeah, Silvoy kind of put everything together for one day. Better than they have really in Lovey Smith's tenor. By far, that's the best game they played under him. And they just seemed that everything was clicking. The ball was popping in the right place. The guys were making good throws. Uh, obviously, Rich Corbin had a great game. Uh, but the defense played well. Everything was working. And I think there is some hope at this end that that can happen again. But I think they feel like against Minnesota, they've got, they've got confidence because they played so well last year in that game. And they really, honestly, they need this game. Illinois is desperate to win this game. If they fall to two and three, going to Michigan, Wisconsin, there's going to be a lot of uh, really long faces here. For Gopher fans who haven't watched a ton of Illini football this year, you mentioned the second half against Nebraska. That's about all that I've seen. I saw a little bit of the game with UConn. Are the Gophers and can the Gophers team and Gophers fans expect to see a similar offense from the one that they saw last year? Or have there been changes this year? No, they're trying to do some of the same things. Trying to be uh, throw the ball some, but run the ball primarily. And that's what they wanted to do. Of course, the quarterback is so different. Last year, they had a guy that could run, and they don't have that guy now. Brandon Peters is much more of a thrower. I think that he will try to get going early, get off the good start. They do, they do that. It will set up Richard Corbin and some of the other guys for a bigger day. But, yeah, they try to be balanced. That's their that's goal. It hasn't worked that way. Uh, last time out against the Rasca, they couldn't have to throw the ball. It was a real problem because, obviously, after a while, the basket just kind of sat there and loaded up the line and said, go ahead, try to run, we dare you. And Illinois could not do it after after a point. Illinois led the game by two touchdowns. They had a chance to go up by more, and they kind of gave up some opportunities. But I think they really felt like that guy, that game got away. That's the game they feel, got every player on the team, they say, Yes, we should have beaten Nebraska. There's no question in their minds. I think that's a hard thing to come back, come back from. So I guess it's probably good they had a break between the two games. Bob, how does Illinois as a program overcome what's happened to them the last few years where they get a couple wins out of the gate and then it just becomes seemingly impossible to build off of that and get more wins as the season goes on? It sounds like a dumb question, but is it as simple as just getting one win early in conference play, like at Minnesota or whoever it is on the schedule that year, and then you hope it builds from there, or is it even more difficult than that? I think it's tricky. I think the problem here, honestly, they're not dealing with the complete team as good as some of the teams they've had in the past. Look back to the Ron Zucker era. His last couple of years, they went to bowls and won bowls, which Illinois had never done back to back the season. He had good players. They had NFL-level players. They don't have enough of those guys on the team right now. So you can have whoever you want coaching. If you don't have talent, you're not going to win maybe many games. I think they tried to overcome that. I think they thought Levy Smith would be a natural draw for players. I think that's been the case in some, some ways, but not in others. So he's kind of still trying to find his way into this game. But, yeah, I think there's some really 
long-standing problems here that need to be fixed. I'm not sure Levy Smith is the right guy to do it, honestly. What are some of those long-standing problems? I'd be interested to hear them because I got a feeling some of them might have some similarities to issues that have popped up at Minnesota. Well, number one, pretty simple, is recruiting. And recruiting not just in faraway places like Florida or Texas. They've done fine with that stuff. It's getting people from Champaign, Chicago, Rockford, DeKalb, those places to come to Illinois that are good players. The best players in the state of Illinois right now do not necessarily come to Illinois. They go to Michigan. They go to Ohio State. They go to Purdue. They go to Wisconsin. They go to Iowa. They go to Iowa lots. So that's a big problem, keeping the best players in the state at home. The best player in the state this year is from, from, Illinois, from Illinois. There's a running back named A.G. Henning. His coach went, was from Champaign, from Champaign era. His grandfather was a basketball player in Illinois. He's not coming to Illinois. He's going to Michigan. So they've got to stop those guys from leaving the state. If you, if you could fix that, you've got the 10 best players in the state of Illinois to come to Illinois. I promise that team will be pretty good a year in any yards. So there you go, Gopher fans. The same issue that plagues the Illini is something that we hear often in Minnesota. And I think this is just a college football issue in general. People always want to keep the in-state kids and the in-town kids. So it was actually very interesting to hear you say that. It's gotten much better here under P.J. Fleck than it had been in recent years. But that's still an issue that I know people care near and dear about here in dinky town and in minneapolis bob i want to ask you about reggie corbin you've covered the illini for a long time where does he rank as far as just pure athletes and athleticism of illini players that you've seen he is incredibly fun to watch he is fun to watch he's one of the better stories on this team because two years ago he had a great year last year a thousand yards ran had a great game in minnesota a lot of great games but he, the year before that, he gained 70, 78 yards. That's all he gained as a, as a sophomore. He was pretty much considered the kind of a guy that really wasn't a factor. And all of a sudden, he became the 1,000-yard guy. So he's a, he's a great story. He's going to have another 1,000-yard year this year, which will be the first time in back-to-back years that's happened since Robert, Hol- Robert Holcomb, late 90s. So that's a big, big long gap. He's been great fun to watch. He's a good kid. He tries hard. He's interesting. He's got no dyed hair. He's funny. Um, and people in town love him. I think he's going to go down as one of the more, more popular players in the town because of how he didn't give up. He could have given up. He could have gone, transferred, go, done whatever. Instead, he hung in here. He's, he got his degree. He's finished and strong here. So he could have left life strip in that and didn't do it. So I think people here really value him. Yeah, great story. He's going to be one of the running backs I've covered in my time here. Far be it from me to criticize Vegas because they always seem to know. It seems like they know more than the rest of us. I was shocked looking at the lines today, depending on where you look, Bob. It looks like roughly 14-point favorites for Minnesota. And uh, that seems high to me, just looking at Minnesota so far this year, 4-0, but every game has been a one-score game. The Purdue game, overall, I'm happy. You should never apologize for winning games in the Big Ten, especially on the road. I just would have liked to see the Gophers close that out with a little bit more dominance, especially without Sindelar and Moore playing for basically two-thirds to three-fourths of the game, whenever it is 
that they went out. But then you look at Illinois, a couple wins out of the gate. Then they lost Eastern Michigan and Nebraska by a combined, what, seven points? 14 points seems high to me to be favorites. Does that seem high to you? It seems, honestly, it seems kind of right on for me. I, I, I figured it might be 10 would have been my guess. But it is Minnesota at home. And they are coming off a win. They're undefeated. They're not getting a lot, not a lot of love from the voters. I'm one of the voters. I'm one of the AP voters. I've not put them in yet. But they're, if they win this week, they'll be strongly considered. If they go to 5-0, I have to then say they deserve to be in that group of 27, 28 teams that I think about each week and I think about voting for. So they're, they're I think, a little underrated maybe. I think Illinois, again, they could have easily won these last two games. If these teams were both 4 0, it would have been a different network, it would have been a different time, it would have been a big deal. But I think I think that point is but probably fourteen is about right, honestly. Bob, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the Minnesota schedule, but they have the Illini on Saturday at two thirty. Should mention they're then at home the following week against Nebraska. If Gopher fans haven't heard, that is a six thirty start under the lights at TCF Bank Stadium. They then go to Rutgers and back home to take on Maryland. A lot of the talk around here and in the papers is this is a great path and a great chance to get to 8-0. And that might be true, but I think it's easier said than done. I definitely think there's some traps in getting there. Do you view Minnesota as a team that can win these next four and be 8-0 heading into November, or are you a little skeptical from where you're sitting? Well, I think they definitely can do it whether or not they do it, I think the Roscoe will be a challenge. That game's there, correct, in Minnesota? Yes, that is correct. The, okay. Mar- the Maryland game's in Minnesota, so is Nebraska and the Illini. Okay. The only road so, game there is is at Rutgers. Well, that Rutgers game is a win. So the question is, can they beat Illinois after last year, and can they beat Nebraska after last year? Because they lost to both teams, correct? Yes, that is correct. They lost to Nebraska last year, and they lost to Illinois last year. Right, so if you bounce back in one of those games, yes, and a no is very possible because that promise Rutgers is not going to beat them. I don't care whether that game's in uh, somebody's backyard. I don't care. They'll, they will beat Rutgers. Rutgers is terrible. One of the worst teams in the Big Ten in a long time. So I think that's that's a win. So if they get through the other three, and they, none of them are locks, but all of them are possible. So, yeah, a no going into Penn State, now, I'll tell you right now, that will be, that will be, will be a challenge. <laughs> I think that is pretty good. But everybody else, the other games you talked about, they can win those games. Now, I see they come back and play Iowa. So that's a tough little two-game road stretch there. Wow. It's, so that's, okay, if you get to 8-0, it might turn into 8-2, but 8-0 right now, right now, I assume Minnesota fans would take that. Yeah, I said at the beginning of the year, Bob, I like them as a 7-5, and 8-4 football team. I know they finished strong last year, but it was still an incredibly young and borderline inexperienced team returning. So the fact that they're 4-0, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to be upset about that at all. If they get to 8-0, no, then I think your expectations change a little bit, no matter how tough the final four games are. But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I, I want to ask you another question on the Illini. Realistic expectations as a program for the Illini. I'm going to walk you back to kind of my thoughts on the Gophers program or here on the the Gophers college football program here on the Gopher show program. Try saying that five times fast. I look at the Gopher football program and people are probably tired of hearing me say this. I say it almost every week when I interview somebody. 
I think this is a program, Bob, that should go six and six every year. Occasionally have their eight and fours and every four or five years pop up and have a 10 plus win season where maybe they're even in a New Year's six bowl game. And I've heard numerous people tell me it can't happen. And the evidence is starting to suggest that maybe it can't happen, Bob. But I've said this numerous times. If Northwestern and Illinois can do it in recent memory, there's no reason that Minnesota can't do it. Is Illinois still in a position where they can do that same thing and have those quote-unquote pop-up years? Watch, you sound like me. I say the same thing about Illinois all the time. I think, I think to me, Wisconsin and Iowa, what they've been able to do over the years, winning at high level all the time, tells me that everybody can do it. Iowa was not great all the time. Wisconsin was a mess when I got champagne. So I think those two programs can do what they can do. I think Minnesota can do what they do the same thing. I think Illinois can do the same thing. So, yes, I think get to 6-6 six and six every year, then, like you said, occasional 8-4, and four, and maybe once in a while 10-2. and two. That's exactly being Illinois. What Illinois needs to avoid is that down there is in between. So if you go 6-6, six and six, Five years ago, and have it then at eight more, whatever. That's okay. If you go six and six, then two and ten, that's a problem. That's been Illinois the last. I've been here thirty years. There's been more downs and ups, but the ups have been really high. They gave people hope, and then they followed those with down years. It just never works like that. So yeah, I, I think that should be a reasonable goal here. There's players in the state. It's a great stadium, like you pointed out. It's nice town. A great, good school. Why can't they win here? And I, why can't they win in Minnesota either? I think last year when I was in Champaign, Bob, correct me if I'm wrong, they may have been honoring the Orange Bowl team that day. I think maybe Richard Mendenhall, Juice Williams, they may have been there. Am I am I making that up or am I combining something? I, I seem to think they were honoring a team that day. Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl team from 2008. Got it. So you're, you you got the right era, right team, but different bowl. But yeah, the Rose Bowl team. So Ron Zuck was back, I believe. He might have been back, actually. I'm not sure he was back. But you remember Shardman Hall, Juice Williams, those guys, uh, Vontae Davis, really good team, a uh, team that people here kind of love. And that seems like so long ago, and it was 11 years ago. But I think people here, you when you see that kind of year, and 2001, they won the Big Ten outright. When you have those kind of years, and it's obvious that to everyone it's possible. But again, the problem is keeping it up at that level for so long. You mentioned that 2008 season feels so long ago. I, I'm not trying to prod the bear. People say I like to do that. But imagine being a Gopher fan where your last Big Ten championship was 1967. And I believe that was a co-championship. Apologize if I'm wrong there. But for context here, Bob, I was born in 1986, so I was not around for the 1967 championship. In my entire life, and this is all in recent memory, Bob, it's been okay for the Gophers. It hasn't been the world's greatest bowl games, but since, what, 2013? Well, 2015, they've played on New Year's Day against Missouri in the Citrus Bowl, and they were in the Holiday Bowl a few years ago. To your point, what's been tough is it's been tough to maintain that Jerry Kill took him to that first New Year's Day Bowl in forever for health reasons he had to leave the program Tracy Clays took them to the Holiday Bowl and for other reasons he had to leave the program was actually told to leave the program insert new head football coach PJ Flack and changing the culture and I think this is a good time to segue to an article that I saw you write yesterday 
And it was actually good timing. This is in the in the Champagne News Gazette. Again, Bob Osmussen joins me. He's the Illini beat writer for the Champagne News Gazette at Bob Osmussen on Twitter, B-O-B-A-S-M-U-S-S-E-N. I am Ross Brendel. Bob, you basically wrote, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I'll let you explain it, but you're not the biggest fan of P.J. Fleck. And believe it or not, Bob, I wouldn't say that everybody here in Minneapolis is the biggest fan of P.J. Fleck. I think some of what you raised are some of the concerns that people here locally have about him. So I, if you don't mind, I kind of want you just to explain that article a little bit. Sure, absolutely. Um, it's not a personal thing at all. I don't know him, know him at all personally. I can tell you, I think he's on an All-State team. We've been in the All-State team for 80 years. He was on the team back in the day when he was playing in, in uh, high school. So we didn't obviously uh, discriminate against him. I, I obviously, he was a great player in high school and college, and I believe in the pros. And I just find him a little annoying, basically. I don't like the row the boat thing. I don't like all the jumping around. He seems to draw attention to himself more than the team. He also seems to be a guy that is more style than substance. And I don't like that. I've been told uh, some things about his last stop before I got to Minnesota at Western Michigan. He basically came in, kind of ran down the old coaching staff, and then obviously turned it around quickly. But he did a lot of it with not his players. So I'm not convinced he's a great coach. I'm not convinced he's a great recruiter. And I also just don't like the way he acts, honestly. So, and I, I, I'd be happy to talk to, to him about it. I don't, uh, I don't know him again, know him personally, but I just think he's kind of a phony, honestly. Again, for, from my standpoint, though, I would say it's it's fair to say and fair to see why the University of Minnesota hired him. I would say. Oh, I would say he's grown on me. There are some things that that still bug me, but there's been plenty of coaches in this town, either with the Vikings or the Gophers, where you're not going to like him 100%. I look at him, and and I've said this in the past, I think for the time they were hiring, remember, they also had a chance at Les Miles. If the story is believed to be true, Les Miles basically flew himself here and set up his own interview to try and become the head coach here at the University of Minnesota. Les Miles, of course, now in his first year at Kansas. I, I just think if you were Minnesota, you had to do something different. There could be some of those concerns. Maybe there are things the general public doesn't know about, things that I don't know about. But if you're the University of Minnesota, and it's literally been 50 years of just a middling to, to bottom feeder with the occasional semi-pop-up year, it just seemed like the University of Minnesota had to do it. He was the right coach at the right time. Whether it pays off on the field, time will tell. But last year, he was able to take them to a bowl game, and they're off to the 4-0 start this year. So, I mean, I don't know. I certainly understand that those concerns, Bob. And, and like I said, I wanted to give you a chance to air that because you're not the only one. And I certainly didn't want to hide from it because I know some Gopher fans did see the article. So that well, was, that, it was an easy hire to me. I mean, I think you're right. I think he was a good hire for them. And I think he may work out really well there. Now, I made sure to say that in the article. He might be a great coach for long term. The other thing I wonder, honestly, if he gets the thing rolling at a high level, 10-2 every year, 9-11-1 or whatever, would he stay there? He's tied there. Will he go to, you know, if Alabama or LSU or one of those programs call, does he leave? Now, I think my answer would be probably he's going to leave. So if he wins a high level of Minnesota, he's probably not going to stay, is my guess. Yeah. He's not, 
He's not tied there. Yeah, he's, I, he's not he's, right. I would lean that way too, Bob. And if you're the University of Minnesota, maybe a lot of the fans might feel a lot more different than I would. I would welcome that. If he has a couple of nice nine-win seasons here, I'd like to keep him here forever if that's the case. Heck, maybe they play in a Big Ten championship game or win it. I'd love to keep him here as long as possible. But if that ends up being the case, I I would say that that's probably a good problem to have. Let's play this out a little bit if you don't mind. Do you think he can can – coach everywhere as far as his personality I've I've told a couple friends of mine who are Notre Dame fans I've said for years well he's your next head coach and both of them have said I I just don't think it would play here I know Oregon interviewed him and it sounded like Oregon maybe kind of had those same thoughts but it just takes one athletic director with a high profile job do you think he has the type of personality and is the type of coach that could coach at one of those top 10 universities well, I think sometimes what guys do is they change. They, they adapt over time. So they become a, more mature. And maybe at 35, they weren't ready, but at 45, they are ready. So I think it's possible. That, again, you're right. One AD has to say, yes, he's my guy. But it's going to be tricky, I think. I think there's going to be some red flags with him. Yes, I could definitely see him, somebody, be it like an LSU or Alabama or Georgia or whatever, saying, hey, this guy's doing a great job in Minnesota. Let's get him here. And that could happen for years. That happened here in basketball. Bill Self, Lon Kruger, they came and went because they were such good good coaches. So I could see that happening for Minnesota with Flex. But, again, I'm not sure everybody would hire. He's not everybody's cup of tea. But somebody's going to like him for sure. Bob, I'm going to give you two choices here. To win the Big Ten West, you can take Wisconsin – or you can take the field. Who are you taking? Well, almost for sure, up until last week, I would have taken Wisconsin. But I saw some flaws against Northwestern. And I think they probably were having that come down from a great win the previous week. But they looked like a little susceptible. So I think I'll take the field. Uh, I'm kind of surprised by that. I really like Iowa, honestly. I picked them to win the Big Ten the preseason. So I, I like Iowa. I like uh, – I, th- I think they're really good. I think Minnesota's playing better than I thought they would. So somebody's going to trip up Wisconsin. Northwestern almost did. So I'd say right now, let's go with the field. Bob, Illinois and Northwestern, the big rivalry in the Chicagoland area. Who's Illinois – who's next on that list? Who does Illinois really want to beat every year, or does that rotate? Well, if they played Michigan every year, it would be Michigan. If they played Ohio State every year, it would be them. But if they would probably look in the West only, I would say probably Iowa. Iowa would be next for Illinois fans. They care about Iowa. It's close. Uh, Iowa continues to come to Illinois and take it to some of the best players. Offensive linemen, check the roster over the years. All the great offensive linemen they have, or a lot of the great offensive linemen they've had from Illinois have done so well there. So Iowa, Iowa will be the next one after Northwest. Well, let's circle back to this Saturday at TCF Bank Stadium, homecoming, the Gophers host Illinois. If Illinois is going to come into homecoming on Saturday and spoil it for the Gophers, how are they going to do it? Is it featuring Reggie Corbin? Are there some other wrinkles up their sleeve? What's the game plan? How do they walk out of Minneapolis and, and head back to Champaign with a victory? Well, one thing they do is what they did against Nebraska, which is forced turnovers. They had four fumbles. It paid off huge. 
Illinois wouldn't have been in, the, in that game at all with not for their turnovers. So I think that would be one point of emphasis all week. They've had two weeks to get ready. So I don't think Minnesota will be able to do anything as surprise Illinois. So forced turnovers one, and also be able to pass the ball. You cannot be one-dimensional against anybody, but especially against Minnesota, I think they'll hold up against them, run. So you've got to be able to pass the ball. So I would say I would say the quarterback has to have a good game. He has to throw for, let's see, 200 yards, a couple of touchdowns, no picks, protect the ball. Uh, Brandon Peters has been okay. Not as good as I think people thought it would be, but it'd be, he's been okay. If he isn't one of those long days, hits 70% of his passes, he'll have a chance to win again. Bob, in closing here, I'm going to point out, I will fully admit this, I don't cry at sports, period. Maybe as a kid I did. It's probably been 20-plus years. I may have shed a tear in the uh, when Gary Anderson missed a field goal against the Falcons. I don't recall, but I'm saying it's possible. Haven't cried since. If the Gophers go to Rutgers and lose, I think I'll cry. I'll, I'll probably call you and cry. They can't lose that game. So I get natural as a Gophers fan when you say things like they're not going to lose that game. The first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, oh my goodness, they're going to lose that game. They can't. Okay. I don't think that'll happen. If you, you've seen Rutgers play right on TV, they're, oh. really, they're brutal. They were the one, one of the worst teams in the Big Ten history. Okay. I've, I've seen a lot of bad football. They're really bad. And they change coaches. Maybe that'll fire them up this week. I doubt that. I don't see much turnaround there. I think they're going to have to get on to the next coach and figure out what they want to do. They're always away from being any good. Can you explain to me what they saw in the first three or maybe it was four games where they decided now to fire Chris Ash? Like, I mean, couldn't you have done that before the season or just yeah. wait or just waited till the end of the season? And what did they realistically think the expectations were? I know it's probably to be better year over year, but I mean, I saw that and it shouldn't surprise me because it's Rutgers, but the timing did surprise me. I think they are setting themselves up for a higher the day this season ends. Whatever the idea, you know, I think it's November 30th, right? November 30th or December 1, they're bringing the next coach in. It's going to be on the ground running. It's probably going to be Siano, but I'm not sure about that. But they're going to bring somebody in quickly, get that done. And that's why they did this. I, th- I don't think they want. I don't think they wanted to see a turnaround. They don't want to see Rutgers win a couple of games and force them to think about next year. So they they want to move on, get the guy out of there, and get the next next ball rolling. So I promise they they have somebody in mind right now. They have somebody in place. December first, recruiting on the road right away, and they they also try to have a quick turn, turnaround there. Because they can't afford many more seasons like this, honestly. You, I wondered why that got in the Big Ten in the first place. I really wonder now. You may be on to something with Greg Schiano. That might be the ticket they're hoping to punch right there. Bob, I appreciate it. Ton of fun. I, I hope to do this again with you more often when Minnesota and Illinois cross paths. Enjoy your game coverage on Saturday, and I encourage Gopher fans to follow you and, and follow your work first and foremost with the Champagne News Gazette. Anytime the Gophers are taking on the Illini and again at Twitter, are on Twitter at Bob Osmussen, B-O-B-A-S-M-U-S-S-E-N. Thanks a ton, Bob. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ross. It's a lot of fun. And in closing, I need to remind the rest of you Gopher Show listeners, again, thanks for finding this podcast. And don't forget James Murphy, Daniel House, 
They will have the recap of the Illini and the Gophers coming up this weekend. That will be the next edition of the Score North Gophers show. Look for that sometime on Sunday. And again, a reminder, game time for Minnesota and Nebraska. That has been announced for October the 12th. That is a 6.30 start. We're going under the lights at TCF Bank Stadium. Have fun with the game this Saturday. And go Gophers. We'll talk again next week.